You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for the Peak Church, located in Apex, North Carolina. Our church is striving to welcome all who are feeling disconnected from God. And so our hope is that over the next several minutes, you will connect with the God that we are talking about, and you'll resonate deeply with the life that this God wants for you. We hope you enjoy. The scripture passage for today is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your strength. These words that I am commanding you today must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around your house and when you are out and about, when you are lying down and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on your house's door frames and on your city's gates. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. We are not lead pastor Kyle Meyer. Um, I'm Julie, the executive director here. I'm joined by Art Eddie, who I will give a greater introduction to later. Um, But this week, while Pastor Kyle is in the Dominican Republic with Help One Now, we are going to continue our series called Built Different. We're just going to do it a little differently. So we started last week with Built Different, talking about how God has asked us to be built differently in terms of how we relate with the world and so that we can go out and be a light and an example to others. And one of the ways that he has asked us to do that is within our relationships. So while last week we talked about who is involved in our relationships, today we're going to talk about what our relationships are made of. So today, I am joined by Art Eddy. Art is a Peak member who um, spent the first part of his career and life doing radio, and then he became a stay-at-home dad. And then he was able to take those two things and converge them. He is now a podcaster and a website owner and blogger and all those things, and his website is called Art of Fatherhood. So Art Eddy, Art of Fatherhood. Took me a little bit to get that. I was embarrassed to say, but I think it's perfect. So thank you, Art, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, what happens in terms of how our relationships deal with parenting. And so maybe you are not a parent, you never will be a parent, or maybe you're past your parenting days, you've gotten them out of the house already. Um, Think about it in terms of how you would frankly deal with any of your relationships with somebody who you're kind of mentoring. Maybe it's at work, maybe it is a sports team that you are dealing with children, that kind of thing. Your nieces, your nephews, kind of think about all those relationship aspects when you're you're thinking about parenting in this aspect. So we're going to keep saying parents and children, but Take from what what you will. So first, um, I want to tell everybody, though, a little bit more about your podcast, because I was so excited when I heard about this. Art and I had the chance to talk some this summer, and I learned about how he was asking what he did for a living, and he goes, he runs a podcast. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Everybody has a podcast these days. Um, But then I went, and I looked it up, and then I was very impressed. So, you know, because you'll see why. 
the slide up, Kevin. So if you are not familiar, this is Bob Odenkirk from uh, Better Call Saul, John Stamos, the actor we all know, Uncle Jesse, Carlos Boozer, who played at Duke and in the NBA, Luis Guzman, actor, Vincent D'Onofrio, actor, Jim Everett, NFL quarterback. I mean, he, he's talked to a few people. And about through all of this, though, he talks to everyone, though, not about a little bit about their sports careers, but more importantly, though, about parenting, about fatherhood. Because um, we all, if we're going to be honest, I think most of us would look at John Stamos and go, he's not a dad. He's Uncle Jesse on TV. But you have learned a lot of lessons. Yeah, definitely. And it also, just like church, like I remember, you know, Pastor Kyle or Pastor Katie or you, it's like, just don't think of church, you know, just on Sunday for one hour. You got to keep on exercising that muscle, right? And talking to dads near and far, it just like makes my, myself be a better parent. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. That's great. Well, we're glad we get to have you up here today. So we have been talking about, you know, what does scripture say about being a good, and this week we are filling in parent. And as we've been looking through um, kind of the recurring themes that comes along with being a good parent, which yes, you can define in different ways, but we're going to define a few things that we think are, are pretty good characteristics. Sometimes they are displayed by the characters in the Bible, but then sometimes they are just uh, the earthly characters in the Bible. Sometimes they are um, shown by our Heavenly Father himself. Uh, but today those characteristics we're going to talk about are radical empathy, generous forgiveness, and empowering leadership. So let's focus on that first one, radical empathy. Um, as we were talking about this, we realized the best parents are those who really try to see the world from their child's perspective. You're seeing what they're seeing from their little seven-year-old, eight-year-old, 13-year-old eyes. And so then you're taking those lessons and how they're seeing it and then kind of relating back to how you parent them. So how I may parent my 13-year-old is gonna be a little different from how I parent my seven-year-old because of the way they are seeing the world at the time. And, you know, Jesus is really the manifestation of this um, radical empathy, and that it's shown in John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his home among us. I mean, this is how God realized what it was to be a human, what it was to be, how to be a parent. So let's think about this a little bit. Art, what are some things that you have learned about radical empathy through your, through your work and through your podcast? Yeah, I think first and foremost, I'm going to be talking about the experience of radical empathy through my daughters. I got two daughters. My wife and I are blessed to have two daughters ages 15 and 13. And my wife and I were both raised Catholic. And so we kind of, you know, their parents were raised Catholic and so forth. And as our daughters started to get older, they, you know, we want them to have some form of spirituality. We want them to have like a higher, you know, calling or a higher belief system than just myself and my wife. And so when we'd have discussions after going to church and they'd be like, the messages, the priest, or things that were said during the homily, not sermon, but homily, uh, <laughs> little inside joke when we were prepping up for this, but um, it wasn't that Jesus' message of everybody's welcome at the table, everybody's here. And so my daughters would talk to us about that. And so we found uh, at the Pride Fest uh, two years ago that, you know, you guys were had a booth and we're like, let's explore this. Let's, let's do this. And it was our daughters who encouraged us to try this church out and we've been very happy and we've just been very blessed and seeing them look at Jesus's message from the most important view of accepting everybody and loving everybody and we we're like this is we want to be an ally we want to be there for others so it brought us here and our kids you know showed us empathy and we're trying to you know take that tenfold into the world so that I think is the biggest example that I've experienced. No, I love that, and I love, I love that you guys found us through pride. I think that's one of the great 
um, evangelical things we can do as a church is not just be at pride to show members of the LGBTQ plus community that we love them. We can show allies of the LGBTQ plus community that there are churches that have their similar beliefs. And so I'm glad that you guys found us through that. That was great. Um, anything else that you've learned from your interviews about radical empathy? One of the biggest themes I've seen was, especially talking to kid, like parents or dads have kids going into like preschool or kindergarten, it's like the golden rule. It kind of sounds cheesy, it sounds easy, like yeah, of course you want to be treated, you know, the, you, know you, want, you should treat people the way you want to be treated, but there has been instances where, you know, kids feel, you know, neglected or whatever, different parents that I've talked to, different dads, they just said like, they feel a lot of parent, uh, like fatherhood pride when they have like the meetings with their teachers and be like, so-and-so asked, you know, the new kid to have lunch with them at their table. And that kid that was kind of new didn't like seem like, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed or have that like, where am I going face, right? So that kid that was new felt accepted. And, you know, the, the people I've talked to, that kind of like a reoccurring theme of being nice to kids in the classroom or lunchroom, um, you definitely saw that. And like, above grades, getting good grades, which we all, you know, kids out there, like, we appreciate you guys getting good grades, we strive for that, but I think the biggest thing is being a better person in this world, and that was a reoccurring theme of showing empathy, and that, uh, to me, is like, okay, like, there is good, like, points in the world that people are caring, so I like that. No, that's great. It's the same thing I did when my daughter was going into, like, her four-year-old class at preschool. The teacher says, well, what do you want her to do this year? And I said, you know, I said, the ABCs, the one, two, threes, that'll all come like I know it will I just want her to be nice I want her to be a kind person and so that was part of what we you know and it, she had laughed she was like no parent ever says that and I'm so glad you did um, because she was like that's what we we strive for here and to be honest I think that has been hugely helpful because she is very empathetic in that way and so it's instilling those things as a really young child that I think has, has helped her be that way today which is great yeah for sure so our second trait is generous forgiveness and grace. And I think this is really shown in the story of the prodigal son. We probably most know that story, but just to, to quickly recap, there are two sons in the Bible. One of them wants his inheritance early. So his dad says, okay, you can have it and gives it to him. And when you know that son goes off and he squanders it all and the son is ashamed, but he has to go home because he has nowhere else he can be. But as he's coming back, the dad says, or it says in the scripture, uh, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. From Luke 15, verse 20. So where are some things you have, what are some things you've learned about generous forgiveness and grace? I think anybody who's a parent out there, and you and I can agree, like, once you become a parent, you read that passage, and it's a little harder, right? You understand that. And uh, last Mass, I, I blanked on his name, but Diedrich Bader, he can was... Can I just interview, interrupt and say, you just said Mass? Yep, see, there you go. See, there so, you yeah, go, Catholic, see, sure, Catholic service. <laughs> Still trying to get that out of me. But anyways, uh, Diedrich Bader, you might know from, like, the Drew Carey show. Um, he's been in a bunch of movies, like Office Space and stuff he had a pretty much prodigal son moment. So he had two older siblings. They went to become like a lawyer in medical school. He just wanted to become an actor. They're actually, their family is based out in North Carolina. So he went out, got a job, got his first gig. Like, oh, this is easy. Get a job, boom. Had a lot of money, spent, I got, I got a great car or whatever, and then just didn't get a job after that. The money went pretty dry. And so he was in a one-room apartment going out at grocery stores at like 2 o'clock in the morning, trying to like eat croutons from like the salad bar. 
one Thanksgiving he comes home and he is just like emaciated and just like out of it. And his mom's like sizes him up at the door is like, go see your father. So go see his dad. They talk in like the office and he's like, what happened? He's like, I squandered my money. I was an idiot. I thought more jobs would come. I didn't. He's like, well, your older siblings, you know, we paid for their medical school and all that other stuff or we helped them out. We'll help you out. Six months, you know, get back on your feet. Don't be an idiot. He's like, okay, cool. So then, he, you know, obviously he got on the Drew Carey show. His ego started getting a little bit uh, of him and he wanted to like, he was thinking about leaving that show because he wanted more screen time. But his dad's message stuck in there. And so now with his kids, he teaches like, you know, think about it, you know, be smart. And he teaches them empathy, but he's also just making sure that like he shares his own experience with his kids so they don't make the same mistake. So, I mean, if you're talking about right out of the scripture, that is just <laughs> seriously like, there you go, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And I think what's important about that too is not just us giving them, our children, our grace, our employees, anybody we're dealing with grace. It's helping them learn to give themselves grace. So I have, you know, a child who likes to be a perfectionist when they're doing schoolwork, but then also struggles when they're, you know, getting something wrong and doesn't know what to do and is beating themselves up. And you're like, you know, it's going to be okay. It really is. I promise. It's okay that you're making this mistake. You are going to get through this. You're going to get better at it. You just have to learn this way. And so I think that's been one of the biggest things I, as a kid, because I look back at myself and I was the same way. I don't know that I listened to my mom when she said, don't beat yourself up, but I'm going to hope my kid does. Um, because you look back and I think that's helped me too, is I'm able to be more graceful with my kids. And then I try to be more graceful with my with anyone else I'm interacting with. Cause I'm going, okay, well, I know like my kid is going through things and they are maybe not acting themselves. So maybe if I remember that this other person is not acting themselves, maybe they're going through something that's helping put it in perspective for me. Yeah, I mean, for me right now, I'm teaching my oldest how to drive. And so we got that student, you know, magnetic bumper sticker on the car. <laughs> and I wrote an article recently about why am I mad that this person may be driving the speed limit or a little bit under? Maybe that's a new driver as well and they don't have a sticker or maybe they're just timid on the road. Like going back and teaching her the basics of driving right now made me realize and have more like empathy towards others. Like I'll get there when I get there, right? Like we're good. So it's just, there's different ways in life that, you know, maybe God is pointing us being like, you need a refresher course on this and here you go. Teach your kid <laughs> how to drive and like don't, you know, cut someone off or be mad because they're in the, you know, the fast lane going like, you know, whatever, like 40 or something. So that to me right now is ringing home. Perfect. Our last trait is empowering, not micromanaging. Um, and I love that Kyle says this, the best parents work themselves out of a job. I am waiting for the day that I can do this. You're a little closer than me, but I feel like what the goal is, is to do such a good job parenting them that they don't need us anymore. My parents did a great job parenting me. My dad, though, I am 44 years old. My dad will still go, it's cold. Are you taking a jacket? I'm like, dad, I, I, I can read the weather. It's okay. But he's trying. He's trying really hard. He wants, he's just, he cares about me. I know. But I'm like, you, you parented your way out, dad. But one of the, the the verb, uh, there's a verse in Proverbs that I really like that says, train children in the way they should go. When they grow old, they won't depart from it. So it's just a reminder. You're instilling these lessons all day, every day in your kids, even when you don't realize you're instilling these lessons in your kids. I think that's great. I, I, I can't even remember the exact example, but I do know there was something recently where I said something to my oldest and was like, where did you learn that? And she goes, oh, from you. I just watched you do that thing. And I went, oh, wow, so you are paying attention. It's great. So 
Are, what are some things like you've learned about empowering and not micromanaging? Yeah, you mentioned on the screen like Carlos Boozer. So played at Duke, great you know basketball player in college, and then obviously went on to the NBA. His sons are trying to follow suit, but he's saying like, here are the keys that took me to get to the NBA. If you want to get there, that's great. But he's like, you're going to have to do it on your own. I can't play basketball for you. So the idea of like giving them maybe the blueprint, but not telling them all about the blueprint so they can figure it out on themselves. But just the idea of like, if you really want something and no one else is going to do it but yourself. You can, you know, hire the best coaches, you can have like trainers and all that. But if you really don't want it, you're not going to get it. So even if you don't make it, as long as you gave, you know, you're you're 100% into it and you like, well, I gave my best, I, gave, I left everything out on the floor and he tells his sons like, I'm not going to be mad if you don't make it to the NBA, you do whatever you want. You don't have to follow my footsteps. And so he just, you know, told them that. And so they kind of took it to heart and they're just doing their own thing. He's like, he'll go sometimes like not even ask and they'll see him like, you know, shooting baskets or whatever, or, like doing drills. And he's like, then ask him, it seems like they still want to do it. So giving them leeway to find their own path and find their own stride was like one of the biggest themes that he was saying when I talked to him. Yeah, that's great. I was, I was thinking about uh, an incident I had experienced with my daughter. I shouldn't call it an incident. It's an experience I had with my daughter. Um, you, when she was nine years old, we were uh, on a hike out in Utah. And it's in, it's in Zion National Park. It's this place called the Narrows. So it starts out on like a really nice trail and then it goes into a river. And most people stop because they're smart. And we didn't, we got all the gear you needed and we charged into the river. And my daughter um, was doing really great. Even though the water was like past her waist at times, she was going through until she wasn't. She was, <laughs> suddenly she was like, I'm done. I'm done and I'm shutting down. And so my husband and I realized we had to turn around, but the problem was, was we couldn't really help her out. She had to do it herself, and she wasn't, she just wasn't into it, though. I think she was just like, I'm just going to stand here, and I'm, I've got to give up, because there's no way I can get back through this. And I had to go to her at some point and say, honey, I can't, I can't get you through this. Your dad, we can't get you through this. We cannot carry you. You are the only way that you're going to get through. You have to put one foot in front of the other. And it was funny, because up until that point, I'd been going you've got this, come on, you can do it. And it wasn't helping, but it was like that little switch was hit. And when I said, you've got to do this on your own, it was like I was empowering her in that moment. Like she kind of went, oh, wow, okay, wait, I guess, I guess she's right, I have to do this. And so I feel like it's a really good example of, so often with our kids, we want to protect them. We don't want them to get hurt. Um, you know, Art and I were talking earlier, we're both 80s babies, man. You went out in the morning in the summer and you didn't come home until the streetlights came back on with maybe a couple snack breaks in the middle of the day. And you just, you didn't, you know, it was just like your parents were like, okay, you're going to be fine. You're great. But now we're always so concerned like, oh, my kid's going across the street. Let me watch them until they get them to their door. Okay, great. And then when she's coming back, the mom calls me, okay, you're coming across the street. I'm watching every step of the way. And I think we're just so worried that we're we're gonna, they're gonna get hurt in that little, you know, 20 foot walk that we're scared to empower them and yeah. we micromanage them instead. Yeah, just you were talking about this come up micromanaging. It's like the world's gonna end if they don't have an apple with their sandwich for lunch, it's gonna be over. And it's like you realize, like, they'll get through, they'll be fine. So, <laughs> one of one of the uh, family friends that I knew, like, we were talking about like how they have to have like a bath because like they went out and like one of them's like, one of our friends, like, they're not construction workers. They're fine if they don't take a bath tonight. They'll be fine. And I'm like, 
but there's dirt on them. We got to make it like, so it was just yeah. the idea of like, <laughs> let them be kids, let them roam around and stuff. So there are certain things that sound easy, but you know, depending on your own intricacies and OCDness that I have, my kids will tell you, it's just, it, it's funny how you got to let, let things go. So it's just, I, I appreciate that story. No, it's, it's tough to let things go, but I think the best thing we can do in all of us, and you know, even if it's just at work, whereas we all have those moments where we're like, I really, I don't have time for this, but it will be too much trouble to give this to somebody else. Like, just give it to the other person. And then maybe they can learn a little bit more too. We're empowering them to do the job as well. So I think that's, you know, a smart lesson to take with us everywhere we go. For sure. So there's a really great book called Sacred Parenting. And I love this thing. It says it puts kids, God puts kids in our lives, not just for us to help them be faithful, but for them to help us be more faithful. I think we can both agree, like our kids have made us more faithful. I think often, I think my faith has grown being a parent because I've had to learn how to explain things to my kids that I'd never really thought about before, but I'll suddenly be asked like, why, why do people die and what happens to them? And I suddenly go, oh, okay, I really need to form a thought on that. And I think it's helped me a great deal. So I know we've both learned a lot from our kids, but I want to know, like, what is one thing that you've learned from your kids that you didn't know before? You asked this of all your guests. We're turning it around on you. Uh, I would say just the ability to love someone as much as you possibly can. You know, Jesus and God are, like, love us unconditionally. And once you become a parent, you realize how much love and whatever you go to the ends of the earth for your kid and you'd sacrifice whatever. And they just taught me, like, to have that love. And it's just... It, it, you know, brings you closer to your faith. You, you think about all the things that they have blessed you with. And, you know, this, the other thing too is like, once you become a parent, you realize how selfish you were when you weren't a parent, right? And I remember when I got out of school, had my own place, I had like a dental bill and I had to like get my windshield replaced. I call my parents and I'm just like, thank you. And they're like, for what? I'm like, for everything. Like certain <laughs> things you take for granted, like having food or, you know, dental insurance that you don't have to pay for your own. But you just realize like, those moments, you know, I, t I told my kids that same story about just thanking my parents because you realize it's like they want to do whatever they can for you, but you, there is that medium or that balance where you got to let them fail. You got to, you know, show them like things are not going to always be perfect. It's not going to be a Hollywood ending. So it is that balance, but they've definitely taught me so much about unconditional love and also too about being uh, a better person, not just in my family, but just you know, all throughout my communities. And one of the things I feel like the Peak Church does, we're part of that neighborhood ministry program. And we've learned a lot from the different programs we helped out in. And it's like, we, we look at the blessings that we have and we're just like, why are we complaining about X, Y, and Z when other people don't even have that luxury? So when you add faith and you can, you know, combine, you know, parenting or fatherhood or whatever, it's just, God works in mysterious ways. And I think kids are a great reset button to understand like, how lucky we are to have, to have a life and just be here. So my kids have taught me definitely a lot. Thank you for listening to the Peak Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever podcasts can be found. For more information on how to get connected with our church, please visit us at thepeakchurch.org.